Hey, scholars. Right. Oh, fuck. What episode is it? Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day, scholars, and welcome back to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. I am this week's host, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. This is episode number 88. Fuck me, 11 times 8. We are coming to you most weeks on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts from. Best way for you to support is to rate, review, subscribe, the holy try calling. I am told it really does help. Hey, I'll tell you what else helps. Engage with our social media. Maybe you know us through Twitter. It's WSBFUN over there at Twitter. Why don't you get around us? Why don't you add this to your Twitter stream? Hey, maybe you found us also on Instagram with the world-famous, unbelievably hilarious ring post news column. You can follow us over there at Instagram, at Wrestling Should Be Fun, all one word. Why don't you add this to your Instagram story? Hey, maybe you're over 36 and you've got a Facebook account. Add this to your Facebook account. Maybe you're <laughs> under... 25, you've got a Snapchat. Add this to your Snap. Send this to some bird that you're chirpsing. Maybe you're um, under 16, you've got TikTok. Why don't you make a dance to my voice? And then maybe you can also ring your nan or write a letter to your mom or act this out with your family on balconies for your local community. Anyway, get around us, we'll get around you. Hey, I've got one, two, three, four more guests on top of me this week. Not on top of me, phrasing. But here with me this week on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, episode 88, we're really excited and buzzed, I am especially, about all them being announced for Wembley. We're going to chat that later on. But first, let's introduce our special guests. Well, a couple of special ones, a couple of normal ones. Up first, it's one of our regular guests. It's the cap holder record for most caps here on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's also the boss. It's Ross Casey. Roscoe, how are you, mate? Hey Dom, I'm very well, thank you, man. How's things? Uh, mate, I'm very well. I'm uh, I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing because we've got a lot of other guests. We've got another regular here on the show. We have got the only professional sports commentator here on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. The guy mm. who's been trained in this shit. He's got his own microphone this week. Let's hear from JCH James Harris. Harris, how are you? Very good, thanks. Just come straight from another paid gig, so you know you get my time for free. Which I think you're all happy about. Just wanted to uh, shout out, I'm probably the best looking man wearing a Phoenix Suns hat on this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Absolutely outstanding. You may have just heard the voice of one of our very, very special guests. It's the Phoenix Suns fan himself. This is the sign guy, Sal, the real deal, Villa Real. Sal, all the way from the States. How are you, mate? Uh, doing. Pretty good, despite uh, the the poor Raw I spent too much money to go to after Mania and Cody losing. But other than that, you know, like, pretty fucking great. Oh, I can't say that, can I? Yeah, mate, of course you pretty great. can. Bloody can, mate. Ah, Bloody can. there we go. <laughs> so we're, we're going to get a few of your WrestleMania thoughts because it would be poor not to have you on and not talk about it. But firstly, we still got one more guest to introduce. Just quickly, though, Sal, is this your first time on the pod? We've had you before, haven't we? Uh, yeah, I think this is the third one I did. Third day. one, right, exactly. You can tell that I just He's got and don't listen. Our not last Michael guest, Ricketts. Uh, <laughs> our, our, our final guest here today, he's becoming a regular very, very quickly. It should be the man without a nickname, but apparently we've christened him with one. This is Josh the Fox Eddie. Joshua, how are you, mate? 
All good, mate. I probably watched as many shows as Sal. Didn't go to any of them, but nonetheless still had quite the weekend, a couple of weekends ago, and uh, still kind of reeling from it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely outstanding. I think everyone's got a bit of a wrestling hangover, but um, the boys certainly did due diligence on episode 87 last week. If you want to hear in-depth WrestleMania weekend chat, Hit, hit up episode 87 with the con man and Roscoe, uh, especially doing some of the heavy lifting there. But this week, we're going to have a very, very quick uh, chat because Sal's with us. He went to 112 shows over Mania. Firstly, though, I think we have the little business of the call-up sheet. Boss, what do you got for us? Call up sheep. Let's do it. Okay, there's quite a lot of entries this week, so we're going to rattle through them, and we're going to go one by one, so no pitching in to other people's call up, okay? Okay. <laughs> Almost like a Booker Bingo style, you, you're going to pick someone to book this person's gimmick, and they're going to do it. Okay, sounds yeah. good. And we're starting off with you, Dom. You've got to do some heavy lifting this time around. Yeah. Let's go with Instagram, a wrestling historian. A daily reminder of professional wrestling's past. Producer of TWC and Kevin Sullivan's podcast, Taskmaster Talks. Wow, this sounds like an actual, like, real-life talented individual. Um, <laughs> someone who's looking after the Taskmaster's podcast. But I've got to go with the wrestling historian stuff. I love the idea of he comes out to the ring, um, this, this particular person, and in matches, they're always like, let's say someone goes to throw a super kick. And he'll block it and be like, nah, mate, you're not going to hit me with that. Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12, I've seen this one. And then, like, you know, someone will, so, so, someone will go to, like, to, to like Jackknife Powerbomb and be like, nah, absolutely not. Kevin Nash, Nitro, 27th of October. I did the Rey Mysterio reversal. Every time he hits a reversal, he tells us how he knows, you know. So all of his <laughs> matches to do with that, I think. The wrestling historian, he's seen this one before. You don't suplex Taskmaster. Exactly right. You don't, don't powerbomb Kidman. You don't suplex Andrews. And you don't jack... Well, I have to think of a third one. You don't choke slam the wrestling historian. <laughs> Brilliant. Next up, JCH. This is Dr. Snakes, who is high-powered mutant of some kind from Texas Battleland. Okay, so Dr. Snakes, um, what I'm getting is... He's a escaped convict uh, with a lovely head of hair who has taken a doctorate in thieving. <laughs> uh, so his gimmick is he's gonna he's gonna be a yeah a doctor of burglary. He's gonna steal wins. He's based on snakes from The Simpsons, quite clearly. Uh, I love it. Mate. Yeah, so he's ne he never wins clean. He's always seen up and only wrestles in triple threat matches and only gets pins after someone else has done a finish and he throws them out. Fantastic. Fantastic work, mate. Try and follow What's that, it? Josh. I'll try. Josh, you've got yourself Joseph Foster, who's from England and says WCPW was better than WWE. Uh, so I was someone, <laughs> I was also someone who went to WCPW, so this might be the new top baby face. But instead, we're going to go with the Foster surname, and we're going to go to the Foster's beer, uh, and he's going to kind of have the early AEW gimmick that Hangman Page did, where he just gets beers from the crowd, he wrestles all his, all his matches drunk, and then when he wins, he goes to the pub and orders loads of Fosters. Perfect. Foster's back. <laughs> Bring it back, mate. Bring it back. JCH. So, sorry, no. Sal, you've got yourself 
Martin S. Dixon. Grappling is my passion. Artist, writer of wrestling in the Clinton years and more. Wrestling figure collector, fueled by self-hatred. Self-hatred. All right, I like that. Um, <laughs> so uh, with the wrestling figures thing, <laughs> he uh, b- books all of his own matches, like promo-wise, with using the wrestling figures. And uh, and uh, stick drawings will be like on the, in the background of all of his promos as well. So um, the, the, maybe the self-hatred thing comes in from uh, not being able to... Uh, like book the match with the toy and then it not turn out the way he does it. So he goes back to the toy room and he just destroys the setup and tears up the stick signs that he makes and everything like that. So he throws a pit every time he loses. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I've got the one with all the wrestling, which is a Twitter account that combines friends and wrestling. So yes, this um, is a real thing. So, yep. It's a brilliant account. They're from central perk in Scotland. <laughs> nice. And specifically, they've asked for me to give a shout out to Rachel Green. And I think that Rachel Green would be the perfect tag team partner of uh, Chelsea Green. Because at the start of Rachel's character arc, she's like a bit of a Karen princess, isn't she? So let's say that they're running around in wedding dresses just like she was as as a Van Ness. So it works perfectly. That's perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Whacking off his quote in there as well. <laughs> Next up, back to Dom. Yeah. We've got ourselves. Andy Mack. I'm just a man who loves sports and music. I used to podcast about it. Now I podcast about getting old and trying to be young with my wife. Uh, tr- what? Trying to get young with his wife? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard. Turning yep. back the clock to the honeymoon is Andy Mack. <laughs> um... Andy Mack, I know this isn't really a wrestling gimmick. This is just my favorite person with the name Andy Mack. And I reckon that not many people will know this person. So I'm going to talk about it. Andy Mack, you are going to have a 1990 skateboarder gimmick, a little bit like John Laurinaitis, but you're actually a good skateboarder. Andy Mack was probably the second best skateboarder in the world. Andrew McDonald, this was. So he had much his own so. game. Yeah, he did. He had the right. I had that. I didn't have Tony Hawk. I had Andrew McDonald, MTV skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Andy Mack had the rival game to Tony Hawk. It never really took off as much. It, it was probably the number two skateboarding video game in Australia, but I think that Skate, the game, was a lot bigger over here in the UK. Um, different I, era. Yeah, I, I, I played a bit of Andy Mack as well as Tony Hawk. Well, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. So anyway, Andy Mack, in my mind, probably most famous for he was actually Tony Hawk's tag team partner. So at the X Games, they had this event. I don't know if they still do it, but they had vert doubles with skateboarding and it was probably like the most exciting skateboarding event because you'd have two people in the ramp at once and they used to do shit like they'd swap boards in midair and they would do tag team double team moves it was it was really really sick to be honest like i fucking loved the x games when i was a kid so andy mack i think that you're in a tag team with tony hawk and i think you've got to do like a 900 degree turn for a finishing move off the top rope and <laughs> that's that's gonna be your gimmick mate you're a pro skater from the 90s perfect oh, i like that i like that yeah like a happy darby allen how about it's... that that soundtrack for andy mcdonald skateboarding though yeah no for name <laughs> cypress hill goldfinger i think are you not thinking of tony york skateboarding no, 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 no. Andy McDonald had definitely had Life Size Mirror by No Use for a Name. It was the first time I ever heard it, then became one yeah. of my favorite bands. Had um definitely had Cypress Hill. Uh what's that famous Cypress Hill song? Not my genre. Insane, Insane Membrane. Membrane. No, no, no. 
Um, it's, it's, it's hits, hits from, from the bomb. bomb. That's another one. I'll find it. Because <laughs> I'm sure, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater at a Cypress Hill song as well. They also, uh, and obviously Goldfinger Superman is a Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, they're different, different. Was it Dr. Green Thumb? By Cypress Hill. No, like, I'm, oh. Rugs anyway, let's move on from Cypress Hill. person listening to this, if they want to find out, get your phone out and look it up. We haven't got time. <laughs> Cypress Hill podcast. <laughs> <laughs> JCH, you've got Joey G. Twitter doesn't like my jokes. Wrestling fan of 25 years. Nick F. Engage is my spirit animal. Super, rock superstar, Cypress Hill. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah. That's yeah, great, so, yeah. <laughs> so who did I have? Apologies. Joey G. <laughs> yeah. What was his promo? Twitter doesn't like my jokes. Wrestling fan of 25 plus years. Nick F. Engage is my spirit animal. Okay, so even Nick Gage found, I don't imagine he'd be that funny, to be fair. So I think Twitter's right. He's <laughs> not a funny Ooh. human. He's a scary human. So I've getting Joey G's gimmick is he's going to be. He thinks he's funny, but in actual fact, he's scary as fuck. And so everyone sort of nervous laughs <laughs> at his jokes, and that's his gimmick. <laughs> that's his gimmick. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. Once again, Harris drawing from the book of me fans are stupid pigs. Hey, <laughs> 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 I, I brought it back round. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> you've got yourself Jazzy Bella Moxley. Hey, I'm Jazzy. I'm pretty well known for meeting wrestlers and getting followed by wrestlers on Twitter. So I'm going to go off the extraordinary pitch for Joey G. And this is going to be like the mucky EO to Joey G's Nick Gage. <laughs> like it, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and essentially that's what they're going to do. This is going to be the one who, you know, maybe looks all cute and stuff, but then actually can beat you up if you want. And then Joey G is going to be the psycho killer type dude. Psycho killer? Not on the Andy McDonald soundtrack. Sal, you've you've got a really interesting character here. They go by the name of Negrodamus. Negrodamus predicts the future. Leo, you're going to die with a bang. Scorpio, you're going to die fucking. Taurus, you're going to die. Gemini, you're going to die twice. <laughs> I guess you just, just go right off that and have the whole like uh like the gimmicky crystal ball predictor of the future kind of thing. Like uh it's almost done like that. Uh, what was her name? Miss Cleo? Or you call final it all the now? What's that? Is it not final destination? Ooh man, see now that that's better than what I was gonna say. Yeah, so we're let, gonna do that then. So he goes around and like tells all the wrestlers like the terrible way they're going to die or something terrible is gonna happen. So he just <laughs> pops up like in a, in another person's promo and says you know, like or like that one dude in SNL that did it, um, where the Christopher Walken character, where like he touches their hand, he's like, "Oh my God, you're gonna go to the store in the morning and get a coffee on the way to the work, and then in the cab ride into the work, you're gonna forget your coffee in the car." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like future predictions, but it's something meaningless and like terrible to him. Sure, people are just like, "Okay, man, I'll look out for that." I feel like we're missing out a trick with death matches, but anyway, you had your week two weeks ago, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is myself. I've got Hugh Jars. Don't care about ratings or rich people getting richer. <laughs> so Hugh Jars doesn't like about ratings, so he purposely goes out and has one star matches. Perfect. <laughs> Dom, Gavin Boone, Braves Boys basketball videographer, 2021 District BI 5A champion. But, mate, I, I understand what some of those words are, but I don't really. Uh, um, Braves are Ray, a baseball team. Ray He's a videographer. Boone. He's a videographer. Okay. 
Um, Ray Boone. Uh, so, Ray Boone, you're the long-lost cousin of the lost character Boone. So, you might David remember, if you, if you like the TV show Lost, Shannon and Boone, they were brother and sister, but Boone was actually in love with his sister Shannon because they were like only, they weren't related by blood or something. So... Actually, no, York. So, what happens is Boone and Shannon actually get together, even though she ends up with Saeed in the show, and they have a child, and you are that child, Ray Boone. So, you are a child <laughs> of, two, of two fictional characters from Lost, and your finishing move is called The Smoke Monster. Can I just jump in one sec? Because that was brilliant. I just yeah. hope if you've got any of that Lost, lost trivia wrong, then 90s Mike Knight is going to jump all over your chin because he is the Lost King. <laughs> Uh, mate, I've got I've got none of it. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Don't test me about loss, mate. <laughs> JCH, you've got Chili Con Juan, just a regular family man that enjoys video games. Chili Con Juan. Yeah. So Chili Con Juan's gimmick is is a regular family man who enjoys video games. Basically, he's cast. He's basically um, Juan is a male name. Yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah, Juan. Yeah. Cool, Sal. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's basically a stay-at-home uh, dad, family man, and his main task in the family is to be the chef, uh, cook everyone's dinner when they come home from work and school. But because he's spending all day playing video games, they get chili con carne every day. <laughs> he just batch cooks on Sunday and then just chills out for the week, knocking out some video games and uh, loving his life. <laughs> chili con one. Chili con two. You can go with like a, like a mood and this thing with like a mouthful of chili and spit it in people's eyes as a way to win matches. I'd go for that too as well. <laughs> Sal, you've got Duck Act, D-U-K-E-C-T. Trying to make sense of my life. I'm the batsman, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little short left-hander. <laughs> I make sense of my life. So uh, he's a character who's constantly in therapy, like a never-ending kind of Alexa Bliss thing. And every time he comes up with an epiphany that's going to get him over or like take him to the next level, it doesn't work out. And so he's in therapy again the next week and he's having like a full breakdown. So it's like a manic thing of like going into therapy and be like, I can't believe that didn't work. I thought that was the answer. And then the therapist calms him down. And he's like, oh, this will totally work. I'm totally fine. I don't need to come back next week. Thank you, doctor. And then it's like never ending a cycle of coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, that's it means group. the return of Dr. Shelby. So I'm all for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what the therapist's trying to do, and it's to try and keep you getting your money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to say that. I figured it out. Oh, you kind of figured it out. Yeah, you, you figured want to get it out? Nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Josh, you've got yourself Edward Perez. He supports freedom of the press and gun reform. He's an animal lover, more kindness, less hate, from Houston, Texas. So uh, I'm just going to come out with something that I've just thought of off the top of my head. And if I was stuck for an answer, I was going to use it. But basically, this guy is going to be the one who threw the pie at Kevin Owens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be him. And he's just going to start a feud with Kevin Owens because he has this long running. He always he was a big El Generico fan back in the day. And he's always not like Kevin Owens because of it. So that's going to be his in in WWE. Maybe he'll cost KO and Sammy the tag title at some point. Yeah, perfect. And he's proven <laughs> to people that you don't need guns, you just need pies. There you go. I want to see um, too like Sammy tries to talk him down. Like, you know that was me, right? He tries to break kayfabe and you know <laughs> and he turns on Sammy as well and he's all pissed off at Sammy too. You lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we've got ourselves I am Hassan. I tweet stuff about crap I like. It's usually wrestling, comics or other obscure nonsense. 
poor excuse for a barman from London. So obviously he has to be in a feud with Sal, who is a great excuse for a barman. And we have a bar that ends in an APA bar fight. Have we got to have a best barman on the pod match, Sal? <laughs> best is like, you know, subjective. I'm the best because I'm an asshole bar- you got barman. You've got experience, now, so nice but like, I don't know. Like, I'm coming up. I'm coming up to get you. <laughs> the ranks. Oh, oh, you're the younger guy. You definitely can take me down because like the cynicism and everything behind me is like it can be easily turned around. But like, hey, Sal, maybe you just need a hug. And then it just breaks me down and I quit bar, <laughs> quit quit my bar job and go back to school and get my life together. Thank you, it's, JPH. It's a shame. I went to Pete... school and I've still ended up as a barman. It's the way to go, mate. Don't waste your money <laughs> at school. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It's a shame that Pete Hitchcock isn't here today because it could be a triple threat because he's a lawyer and he's on the bar. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner gets access to his wine cellar. (laughs) Go to the bar. I am the bar. And he's literally the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the call-up seat this week. An absolutely fabulous one. Probably the longest one that we've done, but well worth your time. Thanks, everyone, for sending in your profiles to us. We hope that you've enjoyed your new gimmicks. Dear listener, to if you enjoyed your call up, uh, you know, clip this up, get it on your social medias, tell your friends to write in. We love making these gimmicks up. It's probably my favorite part of the show every week. It's way more can fun I, for me than sorry, our Dom. next segment. Dom, which can is... I ask a que- Dom, sorry, can I interrupt and ask a question, please? Yeah. Well, I've interrupted. Now I'm going to ask a question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ross, do, like the call up sheet seems to be growing each week. Does that mean people actually like love it? Mate, the proof's in the pudding, right? I say, yeah. We love it, but yeah, it seems to be growing. Like that was a big one. That, that was a big one. one. Have y'all have y'all met any of these people at any of the shows live? I mean, obviously not the people in the stage or something. Anybody that's ever done this, you've met them live, like in, in real life, whatever. The Iris podcast people. To be fair, so normally we're really mean to the people that write in, so they don't really <laughs> want to talk to us. <laughs> and then we don't remember the shows, so we might have met loads of them multiple times. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if it was the second half, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the cost of being famous. You know, like, you know, I walk up to a restaurant and say, yeah, back in, like, 2005, my match, I met you one time. They're like, oh, great, kid. You don't want a picture or what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, what's up? I'm Jazzy. Um, we, anyway. Uh, <laughs> in the, in the comedy industry, we call that a callback. Um, yeah, callback. Speaking of callbacks, we're going to do our next little segment in case no one else wants to interrupt first. Now we good? Yep. This is What the Nerds Are Watching. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Hey, Sal, like we said, we've alluded to it a couple of times, foreshadowing that we'd like to hear a, li- a few of your memories, maybe just like the crib sheet version, if we could, of your weekend down there in, uh, over there in LA, I should say, over there, wouldn't it be? So, Sal, I don't know, what's the best way to do it, mate? If I was to ask you, like, top three memories, do you think you could do it from the whole weekend? Maybe firstly, you better tell us how many shows did you go to? Uh, Thirteen. I'm like you said earlier, one of those old people that still have Facebook. So like through that, I'll probably update my Instagram later. But I put day one and then kind of like what's day one, show one, day one, show two and so forth and so on. So I kind of cataloged it that way. So, yeah, I think it was 13 was the final count, which is like not my highest. You know, it's like in the middle. Like I've done as few as I think like nine and I've done as much as like 16 at one point. Yeah. 
And it's like the most hacky thing for me to ask you. Like it, it's probably impossible to answer and it's really lazy as a host, but is there a favorite show from that list of 13? Well, as far as like, it's like match quality, I'd say the NXT show was probably the funnest to watch as far as like wrestling quality. Uh, my favorite show wasn't necessarily like my favorite wrestling because the fact that uh what's called tjpw the yoshi pro all women's uh, yep. promotion was like the first show in the states and that was the one i didn't have tickets to and so i went all read it out and twittered out and kept asking for tickets which of course got me you know like cushman 524 you saying yeah i have tickets in section 100 it's like it's not an arena there's no section 100 <laughs> so i probably got like 40 different people who were trying to steal my money and then the day, uh, the night before, there was a guy that was on Reddit, and he actually had the right verbiage and knew the arena. So I'm like, guess I'll take the risk. So I end up buying two tickets for me and Mike, like an hour before the show. And I guess the main reason is not only because it was uh, Joshi Pro, never seen it live, only seen a few spot matches. I was into it, but it's at the Globe Theater, which where PWG, if you're not familiar, runs. So like, I've never been in that venue. So like, I had to at least go to at least one show there, and the Globe Theater lives up to the hype. It's just big enough to have a good, decent side crowd and like the whole inside way it looks like a theater, like old school, like, you know, like theater, theater. And underrated with uh, most indie shows, it has amazing air conditioning. It was like 69 degrees in there. 69, so, like, nothing funny about that. Um, the Globe <laughs> Theater, also also somewhat famous for being built by King James uh, for William Shakespeare in 1606. But anyway. Now my way, that one. Yeah, I didn't realize that to have the fact because I was Googling it and I was like, why am I going to go to England or something? Why does it keep going to me? I was, like, I was very confused at first when I was trying to, you know, figure out the ticket situation. But uh, like that show opens up with like a musical number. I believe the song is called Up. So they do that every show. So they pick, I guess, three randoms or I'm not sure if it's the same three wrestlers, but they do this whole like America's Got Talent kind of like singing and lip singing, like dance and song number that goes on about 10 minutes and most of the people that knew about it were like knowing the words. You kind of just kind of jump up and start dancing when they dance and say the words they say. So it was like super inclusive. And like uh, they did uh, a few new English pretty well. So, you know, they apologized for the ones that didn't. But like, I don't know, it's just like heartwarming to see because they were you can see how geek they were to see reactions from like the way that the state does wrestling as opposed to like the quiet, you know, Japan style. So they were like kind of blown away by it. And at the end, they all get in the ring and take this group picture, like all the people on the card. And then everybody starts chanting, you know, please come back. And they're all like, you know, tearing up, looking. And of course, me being the softy I am, of course, I'm tearing up at moments like that. So, and uh, plus everybody had streamers and they gave out streamers out, out in front of the venue and you're in line. So like encourage you to throw them. So it was like really inclusive, that whole show. Was there anyone in particular that stood out on that show? That, like, because I've got, I wouldn't be able to tell you a restaurant. Like you said you loved it. Was there anyone that really stood out? I think her name is Mayu. She was the one that wore all pink. I was still kind of getting familiarized with the names and stuff. So yeah, yeah kind of lost on me. Watson, I think her last name is Watanabe or something like that. Well, yeah, my, I've heard that one before. Yeah, I think she's kind of one of the bigger deals because I was asking the girl next to me who was kind of more in the know. Like, you know, like, so like comparatively, is this like John Cena? Is this like the mid-card person and stuff like that? So I was kind of like learning on the fly and stuff. But the show, the show as a whole was awesome. Sick, man. Yeah. That's great. That's exactly the sort of shit that we're after. I was so scared that you would be like, yeah, my favorite show was night one of Mania. You know, like, I'm really glad you said that. <laughs> Yeah, I, re I really like the Kevin Owens Sammy match. Yeah. Which, you know, no shit. Everybody did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, DDT, I missed one of the shows. I think that was when I was at T, uh, T the, the Yoshi Pro Show. 
but I went to the first one, the first show on the collective, where it was all DDT. It wasn't the one where they were doing the versus GCW. That yeah. was insane. The people getting rubbed buttholes in their faces and <laughs> and what's his name? Yo, uh, Yoshihiko, the doll. Oh my God. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Cause you know, obviously y'all probably seen like Chris Brooks and stuff like that wrestle over there, but like them as a ta- you know, tag team and then like that titles, like 24 seven rules. Yeah. So he yeah. kind of defeated. So like when the doll lost, so like I was like deflated, but then of course did like a, like three Canadian destroyers of Chris Brooks after the match and got the title back. And uh, the funniest part is, like, obviously, well, I'm not, or, or I wouldn't want to say obviously, but I want to say obviously, I want a meet and greet with the doll. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, you know, and I don't know if you watched any of it, the doll came out to the old school Undertaker Ministry of Darkness yeah. theme song, which yeah. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so the doll's behind the merch table, but, like, people are trying to, like, buy merch and trying to line up. So then they just brought the doll to, like, ringside, and then there's a meet and greet. So I paid $20. That went to, I don't know, the doll's family or him buying Waffle House that night or <laughs> some, fish, some fish and chips somewhere at two in the morning in California. I don't know, but I was super geeked to meet the doll for some reason. It was, I don't know, pretty amazing. And uh, see what, uh, oh, and another match I really liked was, uh, um, it was going to over deliver, I thought, because uh, Joe Janelle was hyping it up so much. And of course, you know, Koto Ibushi being on the card, but they made a vented uh, spring break. And yeah. that match was insane, especially seeing Coda do a lot of like the GCW kind of like hardcore style. So it was like a good blend of it. And there was one spot at the end. Uh, put the video on Instagram if you can tag you guys in it. But when they did, uh, basically they just fell off the top row. They're trying to do kind of a Spanish fly, but like foot slips. So they just went head first into the ground right by my feet. And uh, like Joey Janela said like that was the most pain he's ever been in that it didn't require surgery. Like he thought he broke like two different <laughs> like his wrist and the back of his head somewhere, but. He went to the hospital. He was all like sabooed up around the head with the, the mesh and all that good stuff. But pretty amazing match. And then, you know, post the show, I think it was on the collective. I watched it back, but he kind of gave a speech and kind of spoke on Coda's behalf. But saying yeah. how Coda, he wanted, like, he wanted that to be kind of his first welcome back into wrestling. You know, obviously that was his first match since all that, you know, contract stuff overseas happened. And like, he was really moved, whatever, just like, you know, going nuts and please come back and all that good stuff. So that was like a, a really good match. And then as as a whole, going to what seven of the collective shows, I probably got suicide dived on maybe thirty seven times because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know well, the tickets were due. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> I was basically in the dive zone like for the camera because it was uh, like the hard cam shot. So like, uh, hard cam they're facing. You see the back of my head like second row, but that was pretty much the dive zone for like every spot that was going outside the ring. So thankfully, I didn't get hurt. There was some blood on the chairs and blood on the floor, and I had to wipe some blood off my seat you know along the way. But other than that, you know. Pretty safe and sound on the ground, as uh, Drew Goodluck would say. Absolutely brilliant. Mate, that's the exact sort of content we're after, Sal. Thanks so much, man. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get you back next year and we'll just have three hours of you walking us through match by match 47 shows that you've been to, you know what I mean? But a, a highlight back into this year is exactly what we're after. Love that. Tom, you'll be there too? Uh, mate, I hope so. I, I'd, I'd really like to be if I could. Um, if there's any listener that's got the hookups, it doesn't seem to be forthcoming with wrestle tours at the moment. So uh, if anyone, uh, <laughs> you go wear a stupid hat and I'll take you with you, mate. I'm still working well, like, on it. I think I've got something that I could bring to the table as a tour guide around Philadelphia for sure. If you want, like, if you want someone to run pub golf or beer pong, I'm your guy. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, Philadelphia is closer than Dallas, so maybe the flight will be eight hundred instead of a thousand dollars, right? Maybe two hours less for next year. Yeah, mate, it's only. <laughs> Hey, only, only one kidney I have to sell, man, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, if I win the lottery, because I like to buy my occasional lottery ticket, because, you know, hey, you know, believe you might as well. You got to play to win. If I win, you know, I'll, uh, I'll fund a WSBF, like some kind of merch that will get you at the collective even, you know what I mean? Get you some tickets, I, brother. Absolutely outstanding. Thanks, man. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that, man. Well, here's the only deal. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for the tickets. I'll help out with the flights. Hell, I'll even pay for the, you know, like some ridiculous 10-room, you know, Airbnb. But as you might learn from JCH, Sal, the wondering where Sal, like Sal's going to wonder. So like everything's paid for. You might like lose me, uh, you know, as far as my uh, benefit of having the uh, car rental, but I'm going to yeah, roam. You know yeah, but I mean? Sal, if, if you've won the lottery and you've bought the tickets, then you'll be front row. So we have to wait for you to buy a, a chair of someone coming out. As oh, yeah, me and, Mike, me and Mike you'll have your own chair. chair. We have to wait for you to buy front row. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mike was on that like after night two and. Like it worked out really well because there was a guy staying at a hotel right across from the crypto arena because we were staying about ten minutes from there. So I got one. That's from oh, night wow. one, and we only pay. Uh, I say only, only paid two hundred dollars for the chair. Like Mike got two of them. He got the night one and night two. Night two was uh, like it just had the blown up version of this Cody and Roman on the front of it. But like, we literally walked out of the arena. It's like, yeah, we got a guy. We're gonna meet him in like ten minutes. So we just like walked over there and where his hotel was and picked out the chairs out of his boot of his car. So it worked out pretty good this time. Pretty seamless. Hey, well, not bad. That's like, I love that you've got it right. Yeah, I want a chair from Mania. Don't worry, man. I've got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> who's, yeah, Mike's, Mike's, who's, Mike's on that. Can anyone do the pickup? You know, like, I. That's fucking Yeah. I think a lot of people, especially the people that travel overseas, don't realize that you can just check baggage it. And with Southwest Airlines, you're allowed two luggage check and then one carry on. So obviously, I have my suitcase. And so uh, they so just like tag a chair, them. Like, a whole check baggage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we uh, to make it easier, we put it in like one. We uh, like take them all together, and they have like these plastic bags that are kind of like what you put on like dry cleaning. And so they wrap the three chairs in, and they tag it like it's luggage. You know, put the little like tag on it, and it gets shipped. And then when you get to the airport, you know, when your bags come out of the little like uh, the bag monster thing, the little conveyor belt, they actually open up the little side garage door and bring in like the quote unquote special check baggage, and they just kind of bring it to you over there. So you look all important and cool, walk around with the chair and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm with the man. No big deal. <laughs> Sal, this is going to be like a really boring question, but you know, like, obviously, the GCW shows are a bit different because it's like the collective and it's all the same crowd. But as someone who goes to like NXT and Ring of Honor and the collective, is it the same people that go to everything, or is it different people at different shows? Or, uh, you see a few of the spot people, like, I've kind of like, uh, like, I didn't really necessarily network my way to, like, a lot of the people that I'll travel, like, in ones and twos or, like, you know, some of the, like, guys or girls I'll meet, they travel, like, solo style and they just go to all the events. So, you'll see the spot people because generally those people will also, like, like dress a certain way or they'll cosplay or, like, me, you know, with the like, pink bandana gimmick. So, you see some. <laughs> so, but it's not, like, a lot of crossover because usually, like, as I, you know, I talk too much. So, when I sit next to like at WrestleMania NXT, whoever's next to me, you're getting an earful. So like we're gonna cover everything. Kind of like uh, Robert kind of does Robert kind of does that too with a lot of people. So you'll talk to some of these people and like, yeah, this is like a, my seventh show. It's like, wait a minute, I just flew in today and I'm this is my first show NXT. And I say, no, there's a whole like thing you're missing of people fighting dolls and <laughs> falling on and people falling on their heads and bleeding everywhere. Yeah, I do feel like if you're gonna if you go into somewhere for WrestleMania, you gotta do at least one or two other shows. Yeah, I feel like it's it's getting a bigger deal because obviously uh, Bloodsport and Janela sold out right away. Now, yeah. uh, we were going to like buy spot tickets, but we wanted the good seats, so we ended up buying the package, which wasn't too bad. I think it was a little under 600 for all 10 shows, second row. And then we just kind of pick and choose because they basically give you like a 20% discount 
Like if you were to buy like 10 individual second row tickets, it's like 20% cheaper to buy the package. Yeah. And you kind of like, yeah, it kind of pans out because you end up seeing what you want to see. And But like even some of the GCW people uh, I talked to, like they don't necessarily go to Mania. Like they might tailgate or they might actually watch Mania at the hotel because, you know, it was about 600, I think, total for night one and night two. We were sitting like in the 300 section. So, I mean, it could be pretty pricey. But we've yeah. uh, learned a way to be cheap, but like, luxurious i guess you would say at wrestlemania because we'll always buy the upper level tickets that are still for like the season ticket holders for the football games so those have shorter lines because there's kind of a glass case to get into the area that they normally check and there's a football game so you have like less lines and like the beer lines and food lines and then the seats themselves are actually like cushioned so it's not like you're sitting <laughs> like a fold out flat so like you don't feel like your legs are dead you know two hours in so it works out kind of nice for what it is we're getting all the tips here. Fucking outstanding. Love that. Yeah. Just how many $17.50 beers did you have during a Mania show? Last <laughs> uh, like I said, I may have had a, a help by taking uh, other things outside of the alcohol to kind of keep the, the mood and the vibe going. Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. Nothing illegal. Just, you know, just, you know, like Barry Bonds hitting home runs, you know, a little sterile. Yeah, there. <laughs> Mate, yeah like I already had the talent. But like you know, it just helps me get through the talent, the talented part that I naturally have. Of, you Mate, know, we are wrestling. everyone who listens to this should probably know we are a gimmick friendly podcast. <laughs> I say, yeah, but <laughs> what you gotta do is legal in your area, isn't it? Like we all keep to the law in our own time zones. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, but one of the cool things is if you don't like already know like a Facebook group that does like a tailgating situation, because of course you know everybody BYOBs in the parking lot. I mean, there are Mexican street vendors like everywhere, like two in the morning. It doesn't matter where you are. There's a street taco that's two dollars and food. And then at the uh, bigger shows, those guys are smart. So they'll have like a case full of uh, Modelo's or Bud Lights and they'll charge you like four bucks for a can of beer. And they'll say, hey, four dollars here or 15 in the arena. So even if you're on a budget, you can find a way to get through it. So I tried to avoid the fancy beers, but like post-show, obviously, I'll find a cheap bar or something close and just kind of like, you know, supplement sobriety as i went this is yeah. why sal can remember the shows and when we go together and i can't separate <laughs> and just keep going all the way through then go to the bar and then wake up in a mess and have to like pay for dry cleaning <laughs> but you know dude was that story ever told in full <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it has been but we'll save it for another time because i think we're going long phil cut it cut it now it's time for satisfaction tasty Refreshing, exciting, sophisticated, beef burgers. Remember, once you're finished, flush then clean the cinema toilet thoroughly. You'll need to get it right in there. Go on, round the rim and under the bowl. And don't forget to wipe underneath the seat. Brushes and gloves are available from the cinema foyer for a £10 deposit. Leave it clean. All I need is Comtrex to treat my cold symptoms. <laughs> Including aching limbs. Comtrex. That's all, nothing else. May cause wind. You meet on the moors. A man someone down the pub told you about. You say the code word, give him the special hand signal, three rubs, and the deal is done. You're buying a used condom. After all, it was cheaper, and the man did say he'd washed it. 
But how do you know? Just think of where it's been. Even if you know the man, never buy a used condom. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. This week's roundtable is all about all elite wrestling, all in at Wembley Stadium. This is the Wrestling TV Fun Roundtable. Yeah. Cheers, man. I've been working on it. <laughs> if you're listening, GCW, you know, like fucking, I, I, I love uh, Emil J, but I'm keen to be a number two, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to Emil J, by the way. He came over for the GCW shows last year. He's an absolute sound dude. He, he stuck with us and had a few beers throughout the whole progress show on the Sunday. He's a really yeah, cool he's, guy. He's super yeah. nice. He's helped, he'll help people out with tickets and stuff. Even like, I know he's helped people out where like, it's kind of sold out, so he'll like find a way to get your pay, like general admission, and he'll get you a seat somewhere. So he's yeah. he's super cool. He's a sound guy, he really is. But anyway, we're not talking about GCW anymore. We're getting on to AEW Elite Wrestling. Wembley Stadium, they want to draw potentially an opportunity for 90,000 people if it's configured the right way. A lot of people think that if they were able to draw half of that, it would be a major, major success. The idea here, fellas, is that we're going to try to think about, well, how could they go about filling as much as they can of that old famous stadium in its 100th year? Tom, so, Tom, 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 Tom. years quickly. Yeah. Hey, Adam Cole's talking bullshit. 100th year. The thing's been there for 10 years. Well, but they, they can't be 17 years. But anyway, but no, that wasn't why I wanted to speak. I would just be, can we just get like, just have a quick chat about the fact they're trying to sell out from they're running Wembley Stadium? But that's massive. But like before, I know we're going into a separate thing, uh, yeah. like a, uh, what we what we use to sell that. But that's a massive, massive, massive number of seats they're trying to get rid of. Uh, yeah. I, I love the ambition. And what's their record attendance in America? Is it Arthur Ashe, like 20-odd thousand? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that Arthur Ashe Stadium or the, or the United Center was probably the biggest show, like somewhere in the 20,000. They certainly act as if Arthur Ashe is their biggest shows that they do. I think they, I think they, I think they can do it. I think it's a calculated risk. I think people undersell the popularity, ticket-wise, of a live show of AEW because of the fact they wouldn't run such small venue traditionally. But I think they do that just to protect the idea of like keeping the, you know, profitability. But I think if they really wanted to, I mean, it'd be like a stretch initially because you have to put put forth the money. But I think they could run like arenas like uh, that uh, Raw and SmackDown run and pretty much be okay. I think. I would like to point out also, we recently had Bolton and Plymouth get about 70,000 at Wembley. Well, Bolton took them. Plymouth did not. <laughs> not having, like, Bolton took 50, like three quarters of that. Let's not give Plymouth <laughs> There was 70,000 in there. That's all I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. Plymouth, who lost at home to Lincoln today, I think, by the way. <laughs> Football's pretty popular here. I don't know if you guys know that. Whether <laughs> AEW can do the same. Like, James, you said you admire the ambition. I don't know. It might be more hubris. Um, I, I don't want to be the cynical guy. It's not really my gimmick. But uh, I am a bit worried that uh, 
we spoke about gimmicks before. I wonder if um, I wonder if TK had a few too many gimmicks that week when he was trying to book Wembley Stadium. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm with you, Dom. I, I think it's a massive. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I saw it in the group chat Wembley Stadium. Wow, and I was like, yeah, where fuck off Wembley. But I watched the show. I was like, oh shit, they're actually running Wembley Stadium. Yeah, that's mental. Yeah. Like, like you've never been, like they've never even been here. Obviously, like we're we're fans, sure, but like they still WWE did sixty two thousand, I think, wasn't it in Cardiff, and that and they hadn't had a show for a long time, and that's a cool, would... lot more history. And as much as like we might say, you know, W, uh, I'm not speaking for everyone here, WWE is maybe not aimed as much at us and AEW is, but it's not got. I mean, has it got the reach? Is is it going to climb everyone from Europe? I'm thinking like when the NFL first came over here, I couldn't get a ticket for that. That sold out because it went like Europe, UK, everyone. So, but I, I can't see them selling. And I'm not sure they want to sell everything. That's not maybe not their aim. And so maybe without that's... giving without giving too much away about what we're going to do on the pod next, what's everyone's thoughts on the fact that obviously as it stands, uh, all out's the next weekend. So it's like, is this going to be like a proper pay per view on its own? Is it going to be like a because when WWE went to Cardiff, it was a pay per view like a proper one. Is this going to be like a not like a forbidden door show because there was there was dream matches, but there was matches with consequence. Is this just going to be like a, a glorified AEW live show, or is it going to be a show that's like a a setup show for the pay for you the next weekend? Or because that's a lot of tickets they've got to sell, and I think if people, I think it'll the name of AEW will attract a certain number, but if they want to really like sell the tickets, they've got to put at least some big matches on there. I'm just conscious that Ooh. with a pay per view the next weekend, they might save some of the bigger matches for that. I completely agree. And have they officially said that's when all out's going to be this year, or might they push it? No, I think yeah. there's been I think. the odd thing here and there that's saying all out's still on as it stands. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think if all out wasn't on, so is that based on when all out was last year and the year before? Have they officially said the, this is what thing, out is? The rumor thing I saw is that it's still on, except the only thing they're changing instead of the now arena for the pay per view, they're going to do the United Center. So, you know, like the now arena probably is what, like six, seven thousand people, it seemed like. So they're going to run the United Center and do a, a bigger show because uh, we're going to AEW Dynamite in Austin, Texas, which is about three hours south of Dallas here in, uh, in May. And they have normally run the equivalent of the now arena, which uh, was it called the HEB Center. So it probably holds about five or six thousand. It seems like full. So now they're doing the uh, movie arena, which is where the, uh, the University of Texas Longhorns play their basketball games. So obviously mm. tickets, the ticket prices have gone up and it's a bigger venue. But um, so what uh, you were asking about, like what kind of show it's going to be, I think it's going to be just like the original All In where they're going to pull New Japan, Impact, like everything on it. And so it's going to have a global reach where people from Japan are going to go there to see they like and then, you know, experience AEW. And I think it's going to be like a super show. But I think the uh, the AEW like carded matches are going to have, you know, consequence and story leading into All Out. So it may not be like the biggest, biggest match, but I think it's going to lead into it. And then all the other ones will be kind of like a like a PWG, like all-star. I mean, it might even be like, you know, Impact World Title match or a New Japan, you know, a you know, mercedes Monet match. So like it'll be consequences and storyline within their own company. But the uh, AEW heavy matches will be something that has consequence going into All Out because I still think they're going to run Chicago and all that, just a bigger venue is what I've read. I can think of someone who would help Phil Wemby Stadium, but I'll leave that to the next bit of the pod. Ooh. I think I think the the other thing as well, like that I think 
like obviously I'm I'm had a bit of a joke and it's easy to like I think Tony Khan cops a lot and I, I did the same thing. I made the easy joke. It's a, it's a low hanging fruit, but I think it's important to remember that Tony Khan obviously with his Jaguars background, he does have the connection there with Wembley Stadium. Like the Jags play there every year, don't they, Harris? At least once. Yeah, well, um, it's shy Khan tried to buy Wembley. Yeah, so there's okay. th- there is that major family connection there, and I think that. So the Khans really understand how big of a deal Wembley Stadium is. Like, Sal, I might ask you, like, do you think that, well, even yourself, like maybe you talk about it personally, like, or just Americans in general, do you think they even understand what Wembley Stadium is and why it's a big deal? Uh, some of them do. I think people that watch, like, wrestling, especially as much as someone like I do, understands how big the venue is. Because I was going to ask, too, like the, uh, the Wembley Arena where they went in progress, where they ran that with uh, – Tyler and Walter, like, how big is that? Like, that's like twenty or thirty thousand, I guess. Nah, no, it's only eight. like six or eight. Oh, it's that think, much more. Man. Yeah, I think yeah, I think pro- progress drew six and a half, didn't they? And like the capacity was about. I thought it was nine. I thought progress drew about three and a half, and NXT sold it out with eight, six or eight. I, I don't think progress drew six and a half. I, I might be wrong. Yeah, is I, that that NXT that- show that Finn Balor was the champion. That one. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, there's a big yeah. Bailey, Nia Jax. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The, ooh, uh, Jason yeah. Jordan and all that, right? It was like late 20, early 2016, late 2015-ish. Yeah. That could, that could be in literally the top 20, top 10 of like best pay-per-views of all time just because all you fans are there really do make it because, you know, like yeah. you can feel the last few WrestleManias. It feels like there's less like Europeans coming over for whatever reason or the cost of everything and all that good stuff. Right away, AEW. Yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, even that raw after Mania, like people were like wanting to sit on their hands. I mean, granted, there wasn't a lot to like get excited about, but like the little contingent of my area kind of like were chanting and being dumb like me. But for the most part, it seems like maybe wrestling fans now it's like you. I bought the ticket. You you make me cheer. Where it's like you know yeah. most European fans or like hard diehards are like, well, I'm like part of the show, so you might as well get into it. You know, I'm just excited for the next few months of. AEW wrestlers being on ITV. So you're going to have like RJ City on this morning. Gonna <laughs> have, have Dan oh, Housen yeah. on. God, is is yeah, <laughs> see, he knows, he knows, he knows. That was the one of the highlights of mine. Uh, RJ, like uh, one of the last shows of the, uh, the, of the collective week, because there was a lot of people in and out. Like Tyler Bate was at one of the shows, Jordan Devlin or wasn't JD McDougal was at one of the shows. There was a lot of like you know bigger names like showing up at the collective and kind of like laying in the background. So the last night there Mike, was Michael Oku was there talking about big names, big Brits. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, he was front row during Andres. He'll come up in the next segment. <laughs> yeah. So like the last night there was they were all pretty good cool giving pictures. You know, just whatever. It's like Cassidy, Willow, uh, Matt Taven, uh, Dalton Castle, RJ City, just like hanging out in the bar basically. And I was like, hey, buy a drink, get a picture. And RJ City, RJ City is not a character. RJ City stays RJ City. He's funny and hilarious. I know some people, it's not your cup of tea, mate, but I think he's awesome. And I was like super like fanboy geeked out. And he did the little picture. He does a little back to back pose thing. And I was like fanboying out pretty hard for that one. I have lots of follow up questions about RJ City, but we're running long. Goddamn right. I, I, th- I think we need to circle back to who the fuck is RJ City at another time. Um, <laughs> so, right. So the way we're going to do this, dear listener, is we've got four people that have kind of just about prepared some cards about what we think could potentially be, firstly, 
at some level realistic, but also what would we really push for that we would like to see slash what would the general public like to see to fill that fucking stadium? So I'm going to pass over first to Ross because, Ross, I know that you received a card from, dare I say, the most intellectually gifted of the Wrestling Should Be Fun family. It's Mr. Matthew Brummett. You are made of stupid. Brum sent a card. Now let's see what Brum thinks could be a shot at filling Wembley Stadium. And then what we're going to do is Sal and Josh, who are our special guests today, they haven't had the privilege of preparing a card, but they're going to chime in on each and give us their thoughts about what they think, what they'd like to see it, and what stands out. Uh, Just to let everyone know, we haven't shared cards before this, so there are big chances of double-up matches and things like that. So, you know, we're just going to suck it and see, I suppose. So, Ross, Brummett, what's he got? Okay, so unlike us who have got around about nine matches each, Brum is more intellectual than us and has come up with more. So he's got 12. So he's slightly cheating, but he's getting docked because he's not showed up. So it's fine. So... Match 12, Tyson Fury and Bill Goldberg versus Anthony Joshua and Anthony Agogo. Empty-headed fucking dumb fuck. I've already bought my ticket. Fucking embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Match 11, Sting's retirement match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Jericho and Sammy G with Lex Luger. (laughs) Okay. Mm, I match like the 10. idea of a retirement match, yeah. Six-man titles four-way. Hung Bucks versus House of Black versus Death Triangle versus Undisputed Era. Hang on. Six, wait, so explain that. Six-man tag team four-way. So it's four teams of three. Yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming that he's got either Fish or Strong in the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I'd probably call that a, tr- a four-way trios. But anyway, that, sorry. <laughs> smartest man in the world made one mistake, so I'm going to jump all over it. <laughs> English teacher, not math teacher, aren't you, Dom? <laughs> <laughs> match nine. British rounds match. Colt Cabana versus Trent Seven. Wow. I mean, well, I, I a think Wembley that might, Stadium. I think that's more likely to be, and I'm not meant to be jumping in, but that's more likely to be across the road at, you know, the progress show, surely, that's like running in the afternoon. <laughs> match eight. Hangman Page versus Jay White. Match seven. FTR versus Aussie Open. Oh, my God, yeah. Match six, Team Regal, Regal, Cesaro, Mox, and Utah versus Team McGuinness, McGuinness, Kingston, Cassidy, and Mark Briscoe. Yeah. Good. Match five, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe in a steel cage. <laughs> Match four, Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Match yeah. three, no. Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Match two, okay. Okada versus Kenny, five. Uh, main event, MGF versus Will Ospreay. Ooh, yeah. I like that a lot. So, Mark's out of five. Well, hang on, hang on. I feel like, based on what Star was saying about Josh, about the all-out, this seems pretty unrealistic to me. It's an AEW <laughs> pay-per-view. Can we not put all our cards out and then, and then we can judge him? And then feel free. Because, uh, like, you know, I'm, I, Dom hates that I like the competitiveness. Whenever yeah, we do. like, you're right. You, like, <laughs> sorry, mate. As the host, you're good. This is ruining the pod. It, it, like, let's just fucking let people chime in. I don't reckon we do scores, though, Ross. Eh? Just like, just what do you like? What do you not like? Okay. What the fuck do you, what do you mean? How? How have you? Oh, man. What, you're just ruining it. You're ru- Look at my lips. You're ruining it. 
ruining, ruining the fun for the next man. Is that so? Like Sal, what do you reckon? What are your standouts on the card there, brother? Uh, FTR, Ozzy Open, especially. Oh my God, because Ozzy Open needs the biggest platform possible to help them shoot. Like you know, they messed out the two years during the COVID and stuff, being where they're from, and so them getting any kind of shine or any kind of big deal on a big show, completely awesome. I really didn't even think about the idea of Osprey and MJF because it's kind of hard to think, oh, who's going to finally unseat MJF? So even if they don't you know, pull the trigger on that and they Cody him out like they did Mania style, I think uh, people really into that, of course, being heavy, uh, you know, because being overseas, they're going to boo MJF properly and then Will Ospreay will be the hero. So either way that pans out, people will, be, will probably go home happy and it'll be a good way to end the show. I like the uh, the inclusion of everybody in those multi-man matches because it kind of gets everybody on the card, assuming they're not going to do something where it's like, you know, an impact match or like a, a mercedes Monet match or something more true like All In was the original. So I like the inclusion of everything. I really want McGinnis to be in a singles match because I beyond love Nigel McGinnis. So I'd more, more prefer that maybe him and Danielson and maybe do Danielson and Zack Sabre at, uh, at Forbidden Door so we can kind of get it all in there. But yeah. Seems pretty fun altogether. I don't know if that would have the the global appeal if they're going to do it like a all in thing. But to me, that's a pretty good card. It kind of gets everybody that kind of is in your forefront of your mind, like in some kind of match in some roundabout way. Josh, anything to add? Uh, I quite like the idea of Sting's retirement match being at Wembley Stadium. I think that's the size of the venue, the significance mm-hmm. of the show. I think that's quite appropriate. Uh, I've got a big circle on my notes as I tr- as Ross read them out around uh, Punk and Jonah Cage. For people who watch Ring of Honor, that's like sacred, that feud. Uh, for people who didn't, it's, hello, it's CM Punk and Samoa Jonah Cage. Why the hell would you not want to see that? And also I want to give a shout to uh, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker because uh, we all waited for them to pull the trigger on Jamie for a while. Uh, they've gone down a different direction with her now. I think she's probably going to get one of the loudest reactions on this show. I, sh- I hope she does anyway. I feel like she's increasing popularity in America. And I feel like by the time she comes back to England uh, on the AEW's first show, I'd like to think she'd be an even bigger star by then. If they do the Brit match there and then, I don't know. But yeah, the uh, the silly stuff at the start was fun. And there's more serious stuff at the end was fucking great. Excellent stuff. Harris, happy with that? Or do we need to <laughs> make a petition? <laughs> I'll let you ask me a question whilst you can see me putting chips in my mouth so I can't respond. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's a great card. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll be bang up for that. But I didn't mean it like that at all. If you are looking for realism, you're not going to like my semi-main event, I'll tell you. But it's one of those, <laughs> no, no, but no, it's one of those things, isn't it, where everyone interprets the question you've been asked to prepare for in different ways. Yeah. And that's, that's, why, that's why it's great, because we all, you're, you'll get four different cards. Like I'm, apart from one match, there's only one repeat match that I've got on, the, on my card, so. Yeah, and that's why I said, like, I don't think it's a good idea for us to try to score them and make it a competition. I think it's just like <laughs> a fun one, yeah? Um, apologies if I came on a little heavy-handed. Just Rude of the pod, um, Harris. Just on that. <laughs> yeah. I think when people yeah. when they announced the first Forbidden Door show, I think we all had probably higher expectations than the card actually was. I think Tony Khan's alluded to the fact that he tried to get so many different matches on that show that didn't, weren't able to happen. But then, obviously, there's going to be a Forbidden Door this year. So if this is like a yearly thing, Maybe we won't see all the absolute dream matches we see this year, but we might see them next year. We might see them the year after. So I just hope when it gets to this show that people aren't underwhelmed. Yeah. I've got a bit of a card developed here, fellas. I'm going to step up to the plate next. I do actually have three matches the same as Brummett. It's just worked out that way. And I've probably got some matches the same as James and some the same as Ross. So 
I've ended up, I know I said I had nine. I've kind of got a couple pre-show matches, if that's okay. Uh, just since I didn't know Brum was going to have so many. So I'm going to add a couple there. I think they really need some people on the card. They can't not have them there. I've got opening up with Orange Cassidy versus Hangman Page for the international title. That's on the pre-show. Opening match for the pay-per-view is going to be fucking, I don't know, a million-person ladder match. These are probably going to be the people in the ladder match. It's going to be for a number one contendership shot or some bullshit. So probably most importantly is going to be Pac. Yeah. Um, he's got to be there. Uh, Phoenix, Penta. This is singles. Phoenix, Penta, El Hijo de Vikingo, um, Sammy Guevara. Uh, and then they're going to announce two Jokers, and the two Jokers are going to be Kota Ibushi and OJMO. Oh, wow. Um, so Ooh, that's wow. a big ladder match. I'm trying to get all the titles in, right? So there's going to be a TNT title match. This is the only match that I really thought there was like a story to. At some point before Wembley, Jericho's got to win the TNT title. And then Jungle Boy has to lose at least one match for the world title, at least one match against Orange Cassidy. Jungle Boy, who promised earlier this year that he's going to win a title this year, he's had three shots at it, can't do it. But this is his last chance against the icon Chris Jericho in Wembley Stadium for the TNT title. Jungle Boy gets the rub. Jericho puts him over in front of 100,000 people for the TNT title. I need to have a death match on the show because it's my show. <laughs> so it's going to be John Moxley versus Samoa Joe. Now, you might be Ooh. saying to yourself, hang on, Samoa Joe doesn't work death matches. Well, he doesn't have to. Samoa Joe is a weapon on, him, on his own, right? It's going to be like the Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher matches from IWS Mid-South back in the day. Joe's oh, going to drop Moxley on his head 100 times. Moxley's going to hit him with shit. It's going to be great fun. I think... Talking on the British front, I think we need to get Soraya on the card in a singles match. So she's going to wrestle Jade Cargill, the undefeated Jade Cargill for the TBS title. This is my first double up with Brummett, Zack Sabre Jr. versus American Dragon. Don't need to explain it. I'm going to have a Ring of Honor world title match. I'm going to have the current champion Cesaro versus what some people think is the all-time greatest champion, Adam Cole. Nice. Uh, most decorated anyway, not the greatest, the most decorated champion, sorry. Then we're going to have a Sting retirement match as well, but it's also it's going to be the trio's titles versus Sting's career. So it's going to be Sting, Darby, and the soon-to-debut Nick Wayne, who, if you don't know the story, he trained with Darby Allen. They were obviously yeah. Nick Wayne's dad, Buddy Wayne, trained Darby Allen, as well as Swerve Strickland. So it's going to be those three challenging the House of Black. Ooh. I've got three to go. My second double up, my next two are both double ups. I've also got Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker. I'm not going to say much about that. And I've also got for the world title, MJF versus Will Ospreay. I can't believe Brummett had the same thought as me there. I, I really was surprised to hear that one. So then we're going to have a, an intermission, and this is how I'm going to fill the stadium, lads, all right? Little intermission. Tony Khan has managed to book an Oasis reunion concert. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be Liam and Noel. They're going to do a three-song set. They're going to do don't. They're going to do don't look back in anger. Champagne soup and over in Wonderwall. Nice. During that, they're going to play fucking in the bushes, and Nigel McGuinness is just going to come out to the ring because that was his entrance music. He's not wrestling. I couldn't get him on the card, but he's he's out there to wave to the fans to with Oasis playing in the background. And then my main event, it's going to be the one that everyone's thinking of. It's a trio's tag. It's FTR and CM Punk accompanied to the ring by Bret Hart. 
Ooh. Oh my goodness. Versus <laughs> not watching the... HBK, are you? I, mate, if, if HBK is available, of course. But um, <laughs> I don't think HBK is going to be available. So it's got to be the elite. Uh, that's Kenny in the box. And I don't know. They could have someone in that corner if we could think of someone decent. I, I had Hangman because Hangman was on the pre-show and I wanted him to get that main event slot. But if HBK is available, that would be brilliant. <laughs> uh, so that was my card. Do we want to do it every time? Sal, thoughts? Mm, uh, I like the, the Sting thing, especially they're saying that once Nick Wayne turns 18, because I'm kind of familiar with you know, him and Defy and that whole coming from that area, the states and stuff. I like him. If they incorporate him and have him in a big match like Sting, they make him a bigger deal. And, of course, Sting will bring in people because people will pay money just the same way they would pay money to see when Muda retired from uh, Noah and all the good stuff. So that would bring everybody in, I think. I like uh, Joe and Mox as a – like a hardcore thing, and even if it's not like set as hardcore rules, of course, they'll end up outside the ring and just going nuts. And so, I really like that. Cesaro and Cole that could definitely work as Cole gets over everywhere because people just want to say, Yeah, baby, regardless of the situation. The latter match, yeah, because you know, all the people ain't Pac and anybody, Lucha Brothers, you can just literally throw anybody in, like you said, have Jokers. And so, like, that's that could be really good to have that, you know, the brass ring match for like, you know, maybe that'll be the match to determine like a title match at, you know, all out or something like that, depending on who the champion is or something, you know, going forward and later in the year or the next Dynamite or something like that. And uh, of course, CM Punk in the main event, like he should always be forever, ever, and ever, and ever. Yes, and Brett there. <laughs> Is going to bring in a lot of people to see, just to see Brett doing something involved in that. And, yeah, of course, Punk getting the pin on Kenny Omega, and there we go. Maybe that's the lead into the match at All Out 2 or something, you know, or All Out the following week if they're going to do it. But, yeah, I like the card. And, it, and Oasis, that could be the thing like they did with Cardiff. You know, they had a song and dance at the end, and, hey, Oasis comes out there, song and dance. Switch the song choice. I, I thought we'd be there. We could be there all night. Oasis could play the whole back catalog, but I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do enjoy the musical stylings of the boys from Manchester. Uh, Josh, I, uh, I pre- particularly appreciated the fact you booked a whole storyline for uh, Jungle Boy and Jericho. Yeah, I love it. Basically, uh, I think it's a great idea. I think this is Jack Perry's year to get to that next level. I think he's he's well on his way. If we could start calling him Jack Perry and not Jungle Boy, that would be great. But yeah, and I think Jericho's the sort of guy who we should be pinning to get that big moment. So yeah, I, uh, I particularly like that on your card. Excellent stuff. I'm pretty happy with it. Some of it is for me. I also wanted to get big fucking Joe in there somewhere, but sorry, Joe, you might have to be involved with Moxley next year. You know what I mean? If you're listening, Joe, you're still my favorite wrestler. Let's hear from next up. We'll let the boss main event. Let's hear from JCH up next. Okay, cool. So I've made my card, and it's it's got it's basically got a Brit in every match. So I've made it a slightly different card. Cool. Um, well, not a slightly different card. I, I I'd fucking go to this show. I think everyone would go. It might not be as big big time. I don't think it's got the. I don't think it's as many tickets as, as your shows. To be honest, it hasn't got that. It's got all the people in it, but in different matches. But um, I'm opening up with a little bit of a uh, four way scramble. People love that to open up. You've got uh, Vikingo Junior. Couple of British best scramble boys, Leon Slater and Callum Newman. Oh, Couldn't yeah. just one of them. And uh, and, I'm, and I'm throwing Swerve in there because I've got to get him on the car because he's massively underrated. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's my opener. Cool. Um, next Strong. up, I've got a six man 
uh, match. You've got uh, in their rightful place on the card, second up, the Elite, taking on <laughs> Mock, Peter and Claudio. Uh, and then bringing Will Regal back with Bastard. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's this current storyline, isn't it? Elite and Mock, Peter and, and Claudio, BCC. William Regal's back, just for my British theme. Uh, the next one, I've slightly pushed the Brit theme a bit. It's Brit Baker. And she's taking on Bailey <laughs> in a precursor of a match to go later on. But uh, Brit Baker and Bailey are going in number three. Uh, then we've got the six man t- uh, tag trios titles, if they're still on the same people. House of Black coming in against, I want to get some of the AEW pillars on the card and uh, and a big upcoming star in Brit Rest. So they're going to be taking on Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and Ricky Knight Jr. I think we bang a bit. He's the youngest of the knights, I've heard. He's the youngest of the knights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we've got the tag team titles up next. We've got the best that America's got to offer, FTR, versus the best that we've got to offer, the fucking Sunshine Machine. They're on the bloody card. Of course they are. Ooh. Boys. Yeah, love it. Uh, I didn't go with ZSJ v Danielson. I, I, I switched my British wrestlers up. and I went with ZSJ versus Nigel McGuinness. And then Brian Danielson versus Pack is a back-to-back sort of oh my grapple god fuck, grapple oh, fuck yeah. five minutes in the middle. Third from the top, we've got Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet. Yep. Uh, mm. Some sort of title versus title, James, or what? Yeah, well, I was thinking maybe it's for the because the all outs coming next. Maybe it's for the New Japan title, and yeah. since Jamie's got a match maybe against Britt Baker, or, I don't know, or Bailey, who's apparently. <laughs> I, I, I think I've pushed the boat out a bit with that one. <laughs> so, um, semi main, it's the boy, CM Punk, taking on the Billy Goat, Will Ospreay. I thought it was going to be Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gunn, sadly, didn't, he's on the pre show, one of those matches. <laughs> <laughs> and then, main event, you've got the best heel in the business, MJF, taking on the best underdog babyface in the business, Michael Oku. <laughs> now, we play. Wow. <laughs> and that card will bang. Agree. Do you want to like? Would probably like wouldn't to... sell any tickets, but it'll bang. <laughs> do you want to? <laughs> I think it's a fantastic card. I think what you could do if you wanted to is like maybe book like an Adele and Ed Sheeran concert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of British British brands I like. Uh, hang on, give me a minute. <laughs> Taylor Swift versus <laughs> Swift. I don't know. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> That's good, mate. I loved it. Uh, let's hear from Sal. The more and more you bring up music and the fact that MJF did that great number on Dynamite, um, I'm not sure what, but we definitely need music in some some respect. Or maybe maybe Taylor Swift plays MJF out to the ring. I don't know. But Sunshine Machine tag match, I like that. That's a really good idea. If it's not like a singles like that, then you can throw in you know a couple other tag teams like Ozzy Owen making a four-way tag or something. That way you kind of like quench the world appeal of it all. Uh, I really didn't kind of forgot the fact of that over the news of it, but Bailey somewhere on the card, anywhere on the card. Love that. Didn't think about Z- uh, ZSJ and to get McGinnis out. I'd be really into that because I think they'll probably do variations of ZSJ and Brian and something like that. So that, and then I like the idea of Pac being in a singles match to give him more of a, more of a go. Cause everybody kind of knows what he can do in the ring. If you throw him in a scramble or a, ladder match you kind of forget how good in the ring he is so i like that match as well love it uh josh thoughts i i've got the biggest circle here 
that I've written down around uh, Jamie Hay and Mercedes Monet. It's just a match I'd quite like to see. I know it's kind of been the theme to throw around these uh, dream matches for Mercedes, but um, I feel like Jamie's quite a realistic one. I feel like it'd be a pretty good match. And I feel like if you're going to do a, a big women's title match on an international show and put Jamie Hayter in the UK show, don't think there's many bigger names in women's wrestling available who don't work for WWE. Although, despite the fact that apparently Bailey's joined AEW on this card, <laughs> I think probably the biggest match in terms of a name that you could do for Jamie on this show is probably that one. So, yeah, big fan of that. Brilliant stuff. We got one more to bring us home. It's main event, Boss Casey. Boster, what do you got? Boster. <laughs> okay, so you guys added a bit of a pre show. So, whilst you were chatting, I came up with a little pre show. To keep it ITV4 based, that's the home of AEW in uh, the UK. And before every episode of Dynamite, if you're staying up to watch it on uh, ITV4, you have to watch two episodes of Minder. So the pre-show is two episodes of Minder. (laughs) 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 On the big screen. Oh my God. You could be so good to me. (laughs) She might have won already. (laughs) Then we get to the actual pre-show, and it's an Iron Brew Lights Out match between Danhausen and Grado. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, mate. Ross, is the episode of Finder being shown on the big screens at Wembley Stadium? Absolutely, yep. That's right. (laughs) So that will have, like, orange tint lighting, obviously. Yeah. Um, And then we actually start the show, and I don't want Adam Cole to be on the show because his match will go too long. So... so adam cole starts the show as a promo and just as he's about to say adam cole baby sting zip wires down and batters him with a baseball bat yes that's the start of the show (laughs) then we get a six-man tag um sorry a three-way trios match (laughs) (laughs) have that bro bucks and page mox claudio and danielson versus lucha bros and pack nice little Mm. opener then we go to oh, Will Jim. It works. Well, it works. That's okay. Yeah. Then we go to Han Jade Cargill hold on to a title against Mercedes Monet. Nice. Oh yeah, not bad. Like that. Match. Then we go to the Owen Hart Cup Final. Chris Jericho, who opens with Fozzy against <laughs> David Hart Smith Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then we go to the match that everyone else is putting on FTRV Aussie Open. Yep. Then, finally, we pay off the match that we all want to see TK pay off, Heath Lee versus Swerve. Yes. Yep. Then we have the Battle of the Brits for the AEW Women's Championship, Jamie Hayter versus Soraya. Yep. Then we go to the ROH TV title between CM Punk and Samoa Joe. Come on. Then we have <laughs> European brilliant wrestler over in the UK, Malachi Black taking on MGF for the AEW World title. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mm. And then we finish two out of three falls after Osprey gets his win back at Forbidden Door. Osprey versus Kenny Omega main event. <laughs> two out of three falls. It works. I think mm. we've got a win, guys. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, gone solid. Standing out for you. I like because uh, we kind of overlooked them. Keith Lee and, and the Swerve getting paid off as much as like you guys over across the pond have taken the Keith Lee. I think that'll really go over well. People wanting to bask in the glory's good. Uh, the idea of, like, I didn't think about that, too. The Owen Hart thing, final to Jericho. You get Jericho on the card, and then Davey, you know, they kind of nod back to the whole SummerSlam idea. So that have, like, nostalgia and kind of like star power. So people will get into that match, I think. 
Uh, Dan Housen versus Grado is fucking amazing. I <laughs> I literally watched uh, Grado's entrance at uh, I can't remember which one it was, where he does the whole Madonna thing. And he's doing the Goldberg thing in the back. In the, oh yeah, that's uh, <laughs> in the locker room. I gotta watch I, I, that. Like, do you, do yeah, you watch it a couple times a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I show I show that everyone in the states I can. It's like I can't explain Grado if he's a good wrestler or not, but just watch this. And if you don't like that, then he's not for you. Wow. And, my favorite, uh, my favorite bit about the entrance sale is when he gets to um, Billy. What's his name? Billy Gallo, Billy, um, the commentator. Kirkwood. Anyway, Billy Kirkwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he gets up to him, and <laughs> Kirkwood just gets up, stands up, takes his headset off, and just yells in Greta's face, "On yourself, son! On yourself!" <laughs> <laughs> I love because he's, he's facing Drew Drew McIntyre as well. He's just like gonna get murdered. It's so good. On yourself, yeah. son. Doesn't he win yeah. as well? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he wins the yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he wins the world title. Yeah, and they go nuts at the end, dude. Oh, that was a great match. But yeah, that was ICW's peak, definitely. I would say. But anyway, sorry, son. The Jaden Mercedes match I really, really like, but I think that's so uh, an AEW child that they probably do that on like all out. But Mercedes on the card in some way, yeah. And then uh, I kind of like the instead of because I'm being at the same for the same reason uh, AEW love child thing the. Elite and FTR Punk thing might pay off more on like a, a normal AEW pay per view, but like Punk and Joe has like a, a world title match regardless of who wins. I mean, Punk is going to win, of course. Uh, I think <laughs> that I mean you get the payoff oh, of their yeah. Well, you you get the payoff of their match, and it's for the Ring of Honor World Title. So you like you know get to get a title on Punk that isn't the actual AEW title. I think we'll go over and that can kind of you know kind of feel the idea that you know the, the the fans that who just don't get wrestling who don't like punk for some reason you know they can get behind like booing him being the ring of honor title instead of having to be a complete meltdown to have them have the AEW title right away again so i think that might be a good mood even if even if joe wins that i like that a lot it's like a roh main event on the card and and uh chiming in for our sort of final time what do you reckon josh uh so if in a few weeks, in a couple of weeks, you guys will probably see how emotionally invested I get in hopefully Cara Noir winning the Progress title. Uh, if I was at a show where Malachi Black was challenging for the world title, you could probably times that emotional investment by about 10. <laughs> so that alone is getting me to go to this show. I have two Malachi Black t-shirts hung up in my wardrobe at the minute. So that on its own is getting me to sign up. I like the fact that you booked Jade against Mercedes because I think a lot of people had that as the kind of original idea for who could face Jade and beat her. And I particularly like the fact you've got Davey Boy in the Owen Hart final, because I think that gives us all our feel-good moment. Hopefully. Would not be shocked if Jericho went over in AEW, uh, despite the fact he says he puts everyone else over. But different topic, different podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. And also the fact that if I get to <laughs> be at a show where I see uh, Osprey versus Omega and CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, I'm not sure how you could top that, to be honest. Another episode mm. of Minder? <laughs> well, I was thinking like if you do like a, a lights out match and you have just an, a lights out episode of Minder after Osprey Omega, <laughs> I think that would be great. Can, can I ask one question? Does anyone else not know what Minder is? Oh, so, mate. Like, I'm re- no, I get the joke. I'm just, but like, as a show, is it worth watching? I'm asking that. Um, so it was like an 80s cop drama. Oh, so no. And it's got Dennis Waterman in it from Little Britain. Right banger of a theme tune as well. Wife's yeah. dad, isn't it? Yeah. One of Ian Beale's wife's dads, yeah. The only reason I know about Minder is because of AW Dynamite. When I record it, sometimes it catches like 
five minutes of it. Yeah. Um, but I enough to understand the joke. It's yeah, solid bit, Ross. Solid bit. I was saying, no, the bit. I love the bit. I just I was just really interested yeah. in the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Like we said, we're not really going to um, announce a winner here on the pod. Ross, just thinking about an idea. If we really want to get competitive and ruin everyone's day, should we maybe try to post them on the Twitter and get people to vote? Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, all right. Let's do that. Because I don't think the cards are too similar. I think, you know, Brummett and I had the most similar ones. I think I've obviously definitely cheated with the Oasis thing, so we can take that out. Um, No, leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> if, we're booking, if we're booking Minder, we can book Oasis. <laughs> Similar sorts of uh, cultural levels of importance here. In, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. In the motherland. Well, just make sure when you post that, put at Oasis so you get the eyes on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, imagine. Uh, we can add them both. And Tony Khan, let's just say. Uh, just like a bit of a spoiler, uh, I'm going to make a joke about Oasis singing Jerusalem um, to open the show on the ring <laughs> post tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, that's if you follow the Instagram, you've already seen that joke, dear listener. And for the rest of you, follow the Instagram. Yeah, everybody else, <laughs> that wrestling should be fun. Hey, I think that's probably just about all the time we have here on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast episode 88. It's been a hell of a time for me. And I I have to say, even though I accidentally yelled at James, I really enjoyed all four of those cards. I would I would happily pay my hard-earned money from teaching that I sometimes get uh, to go and watch any of those at Wembley Stadium. More importantly than that, though, dear listener, I want to thank everybody for their time today. I want to thank Ross the Boss Casey, the Boster, which is here to stay. I want to thank Harris, no nickname required. I want to thank uh, the real deal, Villarreal Sal, all the way from the US of A. And I want to thank the Fox, Josh up there in Leicester. Don't forget, get around us, rate, review, subscribe. It's at Twitter, at WSBFUN. On Instagram, it's at Wrestling Should Be Fun, all one word. I've been just right. Most importantly, though, thank you to you, dear listener. Until next week. Drink lots of water. Look after you, mates. Yeah, pals. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. <laughs>